You're listening to Cross the Line 1524, the Common Man's Podcast. Well, I came here for just one drink. And that's all I got now, don't you think? Hey, no, that's right. That's how it all gets started here at the Rusted Nail Speakeasy. Just one drink. Welcome to Cross the Line 1524. We're recording with a live audience as usual. Sit back, relax, and join Dwayne Bischoff, Jeff Montag, Ruben Hunt, and myself, Alan Stanger, for the Common Man's Podcast. Cross the line, 1524. Guys, it's another night here at the Rusted Nail. Speakeasy, a little speakeasy outside of Brookville, Indiana. I'm Alan Stanger with Dwayne Bischoff, Jeff Montag, Ruben Hunt. Table 12, can we hear you? Hello. We've got extra folks here. We'll talk about that in just a second. One of our guests doesn't want to speak yet, but we're going to get him to talk. We'll talk him in. We'll talk him into A couple shots of bourbon. We have to get him drunk first. Yeah, he brought the bourbon, (laughs) so it all worked. That's all good. So what have you guys been up to? It's been a couple weeks since we recorded here. Yeah. It's been trying busy. To get, trying to get back here. That's what I've been trying to do. There yeah. you go. Yeah. Been busy? Oh, it's been crazy busy. Good so, busy, though. I mean, so, so you're going to race this weekend, I hear. Yeah, I'm be driving this weekend along with my daughter. So father-daughter father daughter duo again at Lawrenceburg Speedway and the Hornets. So. so we're taking odds on bets here. Who's going to come in higher in the rankings? <laughs> well... He's smart. She I is. got a feeling she is because she's got the faster car. I told her today I was going to beat her. She goes, if you beat me, somebody's in trouble. I said, her, what? Her husband would be yeah, in yeah. trouble. <laughs> that would be the I crew s- chief, yeah. I said, but maybe it's just the driver. That could so, be driver skill. That's right. So we'll see. So Jeff, Some of us are going to go down and, yeah, and watch. Yeah. So I think Jeff and Ruben and their families are headed down. I, yep. I, Mary and I, unfortunately, already had some plans. It was kind of the last minute. So, and this will be at the Lawrenceburg Speedway in Lawrenceburg, Indiana. Yep. Okay. So by the time people hear this, the race will already be happen. Over. Right. So I'll be in victory lane, and yeah, there'll be pictures <laughs> plastered all over the internet of Dwayne <laughs> passing his daughter <laughs> victory lap. Well, I told her I. The last time we raced, I beat her on the straightaway. We got the start single file, and we were the front row. And she's like, "What? Well, you just, you know, but you do this. I said, you don't worry about Dad. I'll be fine. You just worry about getting to the corner before me. Well, I beat her on the restart, and I had her going into the corner, but she's racing for points, so I eased off and let her in. And she still claims she beat me to the corner. And I said, well, we'll just let you think that for now. So There you go. I told her this time I'm not letting her in. She's better beat me to the corner if we you happen know, to do You know that. what the bad so. thing is? is Dwayne not only has to live with his daughter, but he's got to live with his daughter's mom. Yeah. <laughs> that's not good. As long as I don't crash her, I'm good. <laughs> I could beat her and be okay. but Don't crash her. So, Jeff, what you been up to? Working in bees and bees and working. There you go. <laughs> Rube? Uh, pretty much hanging out and, and uh, enjoying life. I wish the weather would get warm here in May. I can't believe we're on May 14th and still have frost on the ground in Indiana. But. Well, next weekend, actually starting next Thursday, Dwayne and I, we've conjured up a way to have warm weather no matter what. <laughs> yeah, we hope. They conjure. We're in trouble if it's tickets. not. Yeah, I've heard the term hell freeze over. Yeah, that would be what it is. So, uh, Dwayne and Dodie and Mary and myself are headed to Viva Las Vegas. Awesome. So, what happens in Vegas stays that's in Vegas. That's right. And so, last week, of course, was my son's wedding. So, 
I took last week up, and I'm just, you know. Congratulations. Recovering from everything. Actually, it was the week before last, I think, wasn't it? Yeah, it's two weeks now. Two weeks ago. Time flies. I know. It's crazy. Crazy. So we're here the Rusty Nail Speakeasy with bourbon as usual, but we've got some special bourbon. We've got a special bourbon called Maddie Gladden. We're going to tell you where who brought it here in just a second, but I'm going to read about Maddie Gladden before we try it out. It's a select mash bill of 55% corn, 35% rye, and 10% victory malt, which they used two different yeast strains while mashing. Pretty good. So ours that we're looking at here, I believe, was 100 and... Was 103.4 proof. So this is a special barrel that was uh, bought by a liquor store. The Batesville Liquor Store. Batesville Liquor Store. So we we have the co-owner here. So come on, speak to us. Special guest on Across the Line 1524. That's your cue. It is my cue. Yes. Mike Gardner. Uh, Mike Gardner. One of the owners of Batesville Liquor and Tebby Liquor. So what made you want to get your own barrel? What What's the re... What, why would you want to do that? Uh, I love bourbon. Um, and buying my own barrel was is a cool way to try it and, and get the go to the distillery and check it out in pre-COVID times. Now you have to have them bring it to you, which is kind of no fun, but it's fun to go to the distillery and do the bourbon tour. and It's fun to do that. Uh, and then we get to pick it and make it uh, our special thing. I mean, we, we try to pick a good barrel. We have people help us, too. We pick people and have them try it. So we make it a group thing. Uh, it's kind of fun. So if you need help doing that again, yeah. <laughs> we're all in. <laughs> so, so let me ask you. So how many bottles, when you get a barrel, how many bottles is that? It depends on the barrel. Okay. Uh, you, you can never, they can't tell you it's going to be 250 or whatever. Um, most of them are around 230 240 okay a normal size bottle but we just did a uh a jefferson just got a new barrel in last night yesterday um and it was a 26 barrel case and there are six bottles in a in a case so we didn't get as many as normal okay and that's all because of how old it is and the angel share. Right. Right. And different so, different ones gas off differently. Yeah, and different ones do different things and where it's in the, the still in the warehouse, in the rick house. Um, that all matters. So for our listeners that don't understand the terminology angel share, you wanna let everybody know what that is? So every barrel loses some bourbon in the, in the, the liquid in the barrel and it's called the angel share it's how much it evaporates over years so if a pappy 23 year old everybody wants you start out at 53 gallons in a barrel when 23 years go by you get eight gallons 
So oh, when wow. people don't understand why it's hard to get, <laughs> right. it's because you get eight gallons out of a barrel. Right. Wow. And why it's expensive. Why it's expensive. Why it's expensive. Right. That's, didn't realize it was that much. It's that much in 23 years, huh. roughly. So on, on this, so that helps our listeners understand, I myself, what sets you above different liquor stores is you're actually out there picking your barrels for your stores, right? And we get that bottle. Well, Okay. Yes, we do. We do barrel picks now. Okay. Not every not every bottle in the store is a barrel pick. No, correct. But yes, we go out and okay. or we have them bring it to us now since it's COVID. We're not allowed to go out to the distilleries, but uh, hopefully we'll get to go back. Now, in your store, is it marketed in a store as a barrel barrel pick? Yeah. So, it has yes. our label on it. Okay, that's what we wanted to see. Okay, not that you can see that, but <laughs> we'll have we'll post it on the website. <laughs> Yeah, we'll take a picture and put that on the website for sure. So, this one is the it's 2016 is barrel number 271 from okay. the selected by the Batesville Liquor Company. So you know what we've been talking way too much and not drinking. <laughs> we need to try this out, I believe, gentlemen. Cheers! 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 cheers. Go ahead. <laughs> Jeff's drinking. He ain't waiting. All right, so I'll That's be good. devil's advocate. What do you guys think? I like it. It's got a flavor that I can't pick out. It's almost, uh, a, almost like a, I want to say honey, but... I know, like a something... Something sweet. Something sweet, but... So, Ruben, I, is it too it, hard? No, it's not too hard. I think it's really good. It feels like a caramel, almost like yeah, a caramel, caramel flavor. Um, it's it has a nice sweet touch when you first touch it, and it, and I agree it's like almost like a hint of honey in it. Also. Yeah, but the caramel is the flavor. The That's what it is. And, and when you look at the bottle, and I made mention to it before we started, is I the darkness of the bottle, the in the the liquor in the bottle is really it's very rich, yeah, uh, but very you clear. <clears throat> I, I that's what I see, and that's what I feel in it. Caramel is what I was looking for. I couldn't place the, but yeah. that yeah. is it. But it's sweet. To me, it's sweet the first. It has like a, like a caramel turn and a caramel flavoring. And, and then, uh, I get I get a good oaky flavor. Yeah. I think so. We're waiting for Mary's evaluation. Yeah. Oh, she's nodding with a thumbs up. And a, <coughs> she got a thumbs up and a smile. So There you go. Also, there's a, like a, a touch of a fruit in it. And I'm thinking... Almost like an apricot, apricot. Or almost on the edge of it. It's what I, at the end I feel like a. Keep telling flavors because I keep tasting different okay, things as you're talking. So, <laughs> no, that's the first sip was a little harsher. Yeah, I mean, if you get that, wow. The second one, the flavor is completely different than the first. So, that's so good. just just a. How about molasses? There you go. Molasses. There you go. Yeah, I that, cheated. I looked. So, well, and that makes makes a difference yeah. in the colors. So. so when we went up to uh, uh, brew, brain brain brew, brew, and did the mixing, part of the process was each one of them. They would tell you just to kind of get a little on your lips and just kind of let it let it saturate the inside of your mouth, and then the next one is the one you you want to kind of focus on tasting. So maybe that's. Right? Yeah. That's why the first one kind of condi- got everything conditioned you for your it. Inside of your, your palate, yeah. maybe, is, is the right way to put so it. So the name of this bourbon <clears throat> is the Maddie Gladden. So would you guys like to know how that name came to be? Yes, Tell please. Us. Yes. Tell us, Alan. We'll drink. <laughs> I, I, I got to read, so I can't drink no more. 
So in the late 1890s, Salem native Martha Jane Johnson returned to her hometown to live after residing in Tennessee for several years. Martha had lost her father at a young age, and by the time she was 15, she was a housemaid in the home of Lee Sinclair on the public square. At 17 years of age, she married the mysterious Augustus Schultz. The following year, they had a son, Herbert. Prior to 1890, Martha had divorced or was widowed by Mr. Schultz and married again to a Barton man in Tennessee. But she had left his the second husband prior to moving back to Salem. Sounds like a soap opera already. <laughs> rumors, better. rumors abound about Martha or Maddie, as she was more commonly known, and her time in Tennessee. Some accusations, accusations were asserted that she was a prominent madam or b- of bordellos in both Nashville and Chattanooga, and that she was quite possibly the one-time mistress of the celebrated showman, P.T. Barnum. Oh, no kidding. Oh. Some claim he assisted with financing her home construction, even. The construction of her fine home began in 1897. It was noted in our local paper that all the town was impressed with the ornate example of the new Queen Anne style. Just as quickly, a large segment of our citizens' fascinated fascination fizzled with the completion of the house when Maddie decided to open an upscale brothel in the residence. <laughs> upscale? Upscale. Not just a brothel, an upscale, upscale brothel. So in other words, guys with money. We didn't want the bums on the street. <laughs> Soon after, she married Percy, Percy Gladden, a colorful character from Watertown, New York, who claimed to have been a rancher from Montana and seemed to have relocated here specifically for Maddie. He owned and operated several saloons on South Main Street and opened the first motion picture theater in Salem. Speaking of motion pictures, the Brookfield Theater it's opens open. next week. That's right. I heard that hey, today. Hey, hey, That's hey. Hey, right. hey. Gradually right. enough, city ordinances were passed to severely restrict Maddie's ability to operate her cat house. That don't seem fair, does it? <laughs> to announce her displeasure to the respectable women of Salem, she placed a large nude Grecian goddess statue in her front window parlor for all of North Main Street's <laughs> viewing pleasure. After all, how could culture citizens criticize art? That's true. There you go. There you go. She sounds like a hellraiser. I think so. <laughs> Percy and Maddie you think? Gladden, yeah, Percy and Maddie Gladden had a tumultuous relationship tumultuous. and divorce in 1905. In 1906, it's reported that a highly intoxicated Percy Gladden returned to Salem on the Monan train and called on his ex-wife. When he was refused admittance to the home, he attempted to gain entry through a rear window when he was shot in the face with a 38 Special <laughs> just below the eye by Maddie. Percy miraculously recovered from the injury, and the couple remarried in 1909 <laughs> in New Albany. <laughs> but were divorced again opera. by 1912. Oh, my it God. It is a soap opera. Holy shit. <laughs> Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Let's see. Where's that button? Yeah, where's at? that button? Yeah. I think it's this one? No. no, no, no Hold no, no, on. No. Hold on. It's coming. What the hell? There it is. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So in 1913, she lost her only son, Herbert Schultz, to Bright's disease. In November 1914, she married Frederick Meyer, a wealthy farmer from Valonia. 
The following March, Maddie passed away at 59 years of age due to complications of Bright's disease. <laughs> she did all that in 59 years. Yeah. God. All of her estate was <laughs> auctioned was off, and the profits <laughs> went to her grandson, who was living with her mother's mother back east. Ironically, most of Maddie's prized possessions were purchased by her ex-husband, Percy Gladden. <laughs> Holy mackerel. Wow. If that isn't a story to follow. Well, Jeez. I'll tell you what. When you say drink to Maddie, you literally will be drinking to Maddie that Holy way. Yeah. Crap. Well, that's a good taste in bourbon. It is. Know. It is. It is. A good taste okay, Mike, give us a story on where's this bourbon come from. It comes from French Lick Distillery. Indiana. In French, French Lick, Lick, Indiana. Indiana. Home of Larry Bird. Home of Larry Bird. Mm-hmm. Exactly. French Lick has, uh, there's a few other things they're famous for. The Hot Springs. Well, yeah, springs. yeah, that's what, the Hot Springs are what resort. put them on. The, yeah, they got the big resort down there. Baden yeah, Springs. Yeah, West Baden. West Baden. So, which, there's a long, deep history there. Yes. Now, back in the day, that was, people came from all over the United States right. to go there. Famous yeah. people. Famous right. people. Which would make sense. Yeah. Infamous people. Yeah. Yeah, there were. Al Capone came. Yeah, Capone yeah. was there. Yeah. West Baden was at one time owned by monks. I don't know if you knew that. No, nope. yeah. I didn't know that. Fortunately, a, it's all been restored. This is an educational show, yeah. too. It is beautiful. Yeah. It is very beautiful. Yeah. I was down there in like in the 1992, 93 in West Baden. I mean, it was overgrown vines all over it. It was nasty. Uh, and they were just starting the first renovation in our era of uh, French Lake Springs, which... Once they got casino gambling, it really got really yeah. Good, so. yeah. So Robin and I were down there just a couple of years ago at a B event. Yeah, you went to B event. Yeah. yeah. So it was very nice. Yeah, we've got some friends. Well, friends and Jason Emmons, a uh, chainsaw carver, probably one of the best in the world. He was on a TV show, kind of the reality show for chainsaw carver. He's right. His shop is based right there in French Lick too. So yeah, it's one place I've not oh. been. I haven't also, been down there. I've oh, been to that shop. That might be a road trip. There yeah. You go. Yeah. It's a couple hours away. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. It I is beautiful. Yeah. You can take the train from, from French Lick to West Baden. If, and you can also take the train, you know, it goes past Larry Bird's house, actually. There you go. Yeah. So. Uh, nice pick. Uh, so. Uh, Thank you. That's very good. Now, once again, was it the, the Maddie Gladen? Uh, Gladden. Yep. Gladden Gladen. Yeah, please. <laughs> yeah, don't. No alcohol. No abuse. Alcohol abuse. I think Table 12 had a little so you alcohol can get abuse the, going on Mike, you can get that at both of your stores? You or can just get that at both of our stores, yes. Okay. Brookville and Batesville. Especially Brookville picked Batesville. By, by Batesville Liquor Store. Batesville Liquor Company, I'm sorry. 103.4 proof. I, I love the labeling. Great job. Very nice. Thank you. So, Mike, give us a little of the story about how you got in the liquor store business. Okay. Um, my wife, Terry Tebby Gardner. Uh, her mother and father owned the liquor store in Brookville. And uh, I guess I'll tell the story. Terry and I started going out in high school, and uh, it was a month <clears throat> before I figured out that they owned the liquor store. Because they kept, they would, when I was at her house, she would say, they would refer to the store. And finally I got mad and said, what store are you talking about? <laughs> She's like, the liquor store. Will you marry me? You guys, oh. own, <laughs> you guys own the liquor store? Yeah. Oh, I love you more, honey. <laughs> oh. Too funny. He so, proposed that night. So, well, 
it, it took a little longer to build. It took us nine. Yeah. It took us nine years before we got married. So, um, and there was a reason for that. But anyway, uh, they owned the liquor store. Eventually, Terry and I got married and moved back to Brookville. And they came to us and said, "You need to buy the liquor store." So we bought the liquor store. But I, you know, I worked there. Probably can't own up to this. Maybe before I was 21, uh, just helping out. Um, Somebody's got to work in the background. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so learn learn a little bit from my mother-in-law and father-in-law, and then we bought the liquor store and Terry's around it since then. And that was in that's been 20 years ago. Okay. And then her uncle owned the liquor store in Batesville, and eventually he got sick and. He needed to get out, and so he sold it to Terry and I and her brother Brad. So we're the owners of Batesville Liquor, which was a little hole in the wall. Was a little, and hole now in the it's wall. like it's like the very, party source. Yeah. Very nicely <laughs> laid out store. It's a nice. Thank so you. it very took over a spot that was actually a grocery store. Right. Yeah. I'll save, I'll save, save a lot. lot. Yeah. yeah. I've been I've been in there a couple times. Yeah. That's a that's a amazing uh, store you. you've got up there quite a selection we tried to we actually modeled it after the party store yeah, yeah. I, did a nice yeah. job thank you well we're waiting for the distillery on the side of it then they, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Indiana frowns on yeah that I know Indiana's not but, big on that but if they change their laws yeah, I'd be open to it yeah they're, they're a little stingy on a couple laws yeah. you know, to work on so I used to uh, before I was a bourbon connoisseur whatever I am now liquor liquor drinker i was a beer drinker and about every three weeks i'd be up here in brookville get a refill on my barrels so i had three three flavors on tap i had mick ultra shock top and guinness so that was quite the selection at the time that's a selection that is a selection so i think i actually still have well i know i do i still have deposits up there for barrels that i still have (laughs) so the barrels are being used for something else so so they're never going back (laughs) it's uh, nice to have someone local from the hometown oh absolutely yeah podcast and we try to support local stuff um, uh, we do, and we support the liquor store quite often. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's convenient. Well, yeah, it's convenient. The, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, the St. Leon store, so not one of your stores, yeah. but more convenient. It's family, though. That's my it's still That's family. My, uh, it's my brother-in-law. Right. So now, can alcohol be shipped? <clears throat> can you? Sh- can somebody say we have Ryan from Texas decides he wants your bottle? Can gets legally be cross state? No, I'm it, it just curious. It, it it depends on the state. Yes. Um. And the rules are a lot of fuzzy. <laughs> so uh, we don't ship to people because it's against the law in Indiana to ship. Okay. But uh, there are some, like you can, Terry belongs to the Biltmore Wine Club. And since we were there and we signed the paperwork, ma- mainly so they can tell that you're 21. Right. Um, then they can ship to us. Okay, so just yeah, so like yeah. random internet sale, like buying Stanger Sugar is, Shack jerky. Is, there's uh, no way to identify. We that did the person. same it's, thing. It's we frowned on. In Napa okay. Valley, we signed out in Napa Valley. We can order wine from Napa Valley right. to our house. Right. So, yeah. Right. Okay. So like Why brain you, brain brew cannot ship to Indiana. That was so if we get more uh, rusted out speakeasy, have to, I have to go pick it up. Have to pick it up. Dang. <laughs> You know, I I, recall, I drove by there today. <laughs> I recall back a few months back, and I had ran in from work. I stopped over at lunch, and 
ran into the Batesville yes. store and and I ran into a couple of people, which I know so many people in the area, and, and I ran into a couple of people, and and I ran into Terry and there your wife, and yeah. and I said, hey, uh, I was looking for some Buffalo Trace, and she's like, oh yeah, it just came in, you know, when it's been shortage like everywhere, and uh, and I just said real quick to her, I said, hey, I'll give you a shout out tonight on the podcast, and she's like, oh okay, and then I was getting in my truck, and the door opened, and she just comes out with newspaper, she's like, what did you say? <laughs> What are you doing? And I so and that's, that's what, why we started listening. Yes, uh, yeah. that story right there. Uh, and uh, <laughs> her and I've had a couple conversations then. So it's uh, yeah, nice job. Yeah, I think it's nice. I think it's a very cool that you go out and pick a bourbon that your store actually picks and, and you market it under your name. I right. think it's a great, th- really good because bourbon's a big choosing. It's a choosing thing now for people, and you know, yeah, it's a huge things. market. It's yeah, crazy. So, are there any other liquors besides bourbon you can do barrel picks on? Actually, we have a rum that uh, we kind of did a barrel pick on. It's actually one from uh, Hemingway. Really? Hemingway has their own rum. So I know Jeff wanted to talk to you about a specific rum. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I've heard he likes rum. Uh-uh. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. All right. So see what you so, think yeah, of that. So I, actually, I'm not, a, I'm not a huge rum guy, but we ran into that at a distillery down in Kentucky. That's smooth. Yeah. I like that. So, And I'm not a big rum guy either. Yeah. So Wilderness Trail, which I know right. you sometimes have their bourbon. Right. That is their harvest rum. Okay. So that is made from Kentucky sorghum. Sorghum. Okay. And it's aged in a bourbon barrel. Okay. So we we went down to uh, that distillery. What's how long? Ago? How long? It's been a couple, a couple years. years ago. Couple years, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> went down to uh, to the Wilderness Trail Distillery and checking out their bourbons and stuff. And I tasted that. Right and that. I, yeah, I've been kind of hooked at. And so the only place I've been able to find it locally is the Party Source okay. Okay. in Covington. But I don't hint, know the answer, hint, but hint, I can find out. Hint, hint. Uh, yeah. I, I I will check on it and find out for you. It, we might be able to get it, but there are some things that we can't get because right. they're not shipped to Indiana. Right. They're not distributed in Indiana. Road trip. Yeah, it, it might be, but I will check on let you know. I'm happy to do that. We do that all the time. We do special orders all the time. So uh, can we order a case of Pappies? You can try. <laughs> we can order it. But, uh, this ain't ever going to get it. Well, It'll hang on the wall for a couple of years. <laughs> we had a bourbon lottery last night. Okay. And we sold two pappies. Uh, really? Right. Well, one was a, a rye. And I've been in this business for 20 years. First time I've ever seen a rye. It almost didn't get out of my hands. Because I wanted to drink it. And then we had a 15-year-old, which is the bottle that most people want. And uh, sold them both. But uh, Pappy is a very, very hard thing to get. We, we see some... But we do a lottery just because we think it's the fair thing fair to do. Fair way to do it, right. Because I get, say I get 200 bottles a year that are those type of bottles. I can make 50 people or 200 people happy or I can piss off 2,000 people. Right, right, right. So that's our theory. That's why we do it the way we do it. Right. Yeah. Well, it seems like the fair um, way to do it. Well, has anybody here ever had Pappy's? I have. I have. Yes, I have not. Okay, I have not. Is I mean, you hear the yes. the hype, 
Is it that good? It's smooth. Is yes. it? Yeah. Yeah, what I had yeah. is very smooth. Very okay. smooth. I've well, never had it, but you hear the hype, and you sometimes you wonder, oh, is it all, is it just the hype? I've or? had it, and I had the 23-year-old, and this has probably been about 18 years ago. And I paid like 50 bucks for the shot, which at the time was, oh, my God, what am I doing? <laughs> <laughs> but I I had a $50 shot at 23, and I, and I shared it with two other buddies, and neither of none, none three of us liked it. We thought it was hateful. Because it was oaky, it was a lot of woody. Twenty-three year old. Twenty-three year. It's been going to be woody, right? And if you don't like woody, and I don't like woody, it's not for me. But I've not tried to. I've not tried any younger ones. I've not tried a fifteen year. Yeah, I had a fifteen. I, w- I want to. It was. A yeah, I'm telling you, it was smooth. I want to try a fifteen just to see if it's better. I had I a, a shot of the fifteen at the same time. I had a shot of Louis Trey. And that's very expensive. Yeah. Louis Trey's. What were you pointing at that that uh, the restaurant we were at, Jeff? Was that Pappy? That bourbon that was a hundred dollars a shot. Or oh, that was uh, no, that was that uh, horse soldier. Oh horse yeah, soldier. Yeah. Horse, horse soldier. soldier. Yeah. Um, and that is good. They had, they had the higher end. No, we've got a bottle. We have I think a we've bottle got here. a bottle here, but it's not. It wasn't that. Yeah, it wasn't run, the, the high end. The high end is uh, very expensive. Well, it was like it was like a hundred dollars a yeah, shot. Yeah, it's a hundred dollars a shot. Yeah. Jeff was gonna buy a round for the bar, and he yeah. changed his. Then mind. they hit the Long Island iced teas, <laughs> and it was all over with. <laughs> and we didn't care. No well, more. then we were chatting with the owner. I just was expecting him to buy. A shot we, you would for, think for the for the bar. Yeah. You think he would have at least for. Well, that's how it happens here. We're talking to the owner of the liquor store. Look, we got shots. Yeah, we got bottles. That's right. Awesome. So during the whole pandemic thing, how was business for you guys? Uh, business was very good. Yeah, that's what uh, I would. <laughs> I, I don't like to say that too much because I don't really want to profit off the pandemic, but it, it, it I mean, people, well, there wasn't much else. To, you, you. Well, but that's a fact of any time. Anytime, right. I mean, it, that business, anytime bad things happen to the economy, whatever, liquor stores, sales generally stay the same or better, correct? I mean, and it's not, you're not, not, not it's necessarily. Not, like you're trying, not necessarily. Not necessarily. So, 2008. The economy tanks. Right. So the the guy, I'm going to point it out here, the guy who's reaching for the top shelf now of Woodford, now suddenly reaching for the Kentucky Tavern on the bottom shelf. Right. right. And so what they buy, their choice changes. Their choices change. So, yes, they're still buying, but they're buying stuff that's a lot cheaper. Right. But, yes, they, they still buy. I have a question for you. Uh, you know, over the last eight or ten years, we've seen a, a – a real impact on wine true and I, to me what maybe it's me but i it i have a feeling or what i've seen it seems like it's starting to taper off now that the popularity or consumption of wine and the giddy factor of the wines with the ladies it seems like it's like melting away is that is it true or um, is it just me seeing that no i think you're correct i think there are a lot more every day something else comes out on the right. market absolutely every day you can look in Batesville liquor and see how fast that store filled up right there's no room left none we we bought that That's store thinking store. that we were going to wall half of it off and use it for storage and then we just kept buying and kept buying and kept buying and suddenly we're full <clears throat> so wine has kind of tapered off because of all the seltzers that are out and all right. the all the high noons and things like that right. are all taking part of that pie right okay 
Well, the next thing. It's yeah. You know, what's the, the next it's thing? It's the hot thing. Yeah. What's up with those seltzers anyway? I know. I don't. What? I have heck? never tried one. So I mean, maybe we have to have a seltzer taste. I'm not that sensitive. <laughs> <laughs> Did you drink Zima back in the day too? <laughs> no, I never had Zima. <laughs> I've tasted one seltzer, and that was enough. Yes. I'm, I'm out of that. I, so at the same, I won't be for that taste. At, at the same time, it seems like bourbon has taken off. Bourbon it's become, has it's become a thing of its own, and it's it, just it, like It crazy. has a life of its own. It's crazy. Well, I think the marketing of that with Kentucky and the bourbon trail, they're, oh, they're doing the marketing right. correct. Absolutely. Um, and driving people to – it's not just about the drinking. Now it's an event. Hey, you know, we're, well, hell, we did it. You know, at Halloween last year, right. we went to the bourbon trail. Right. right. So, I mean, I think there's – Groups of friends are making their family, their well, not maybe not a family vacation, but their vacation, right. then traveling there and making it an event, and then they try all the sure. different ones. So, I mean, that just generates sales. Well, and, and organically it's, there, and just, it's not just Kentucky. There, there's a right. myth out there that used to push that all bourbon is made in Kentucky. Right. Not it true. is not. No, it's not. Bourbon is made in. Every, there's a whole bunch made in Lawrenceburg, Indiana. That's right. right. There is a whole bunch made in yeah. Lawrenceburg, Indiana. But there's bourbons made in almost every state in the union, except you can't do it. You really can't make a legal bourbon outside of the United States. That is a fact. Right. Huh. That's that's a legal fact. But you can own. You can be from the outside of the United States and own a bourbon factory. But yeah, yeah. You oh, can. Yeah. absolutely. <laughs> we know that too. Yes. Uh, you know, you, we. You're seeing that that I think I don't know if it's ball, but, you know us drinking the bourbon and sampling and stuff. It's more like a camaraderie kind of thing and right. getting together and understanding what who likes what. Right. And it's and we talked earlier. It's like everybody has a different taste, right? Some right. taste a difference of flavors and stuff and harshness and that. And they're like I, I talked about the yeah. one bourbon. I said yeah. I, I was okay. It had a different turn, but you like that's my favorite. Bourbon, that's my favorite right? bourbon. Right. And my son's <laughs> too. He really likes it too. So but everybody has a different everybody taste. Has well, and so. Again, when it comes to the bourbon, some people like the high rye, and right. some people like a weeded bourbon. Right, and right. It's, right, and they're quite a bit different. Huge difference, yeah. Yeah, when it comes to that, and this one has a lot of rye in it. It does. Right. Yeah. Yep. And actually, I'm more of a weeded bourbon mm-hmm. guy. Yeah. Right. So, so if you do your history on the bourbon, on the bourbon industry back in the '70s, it was about dead. Yes. Yes. Uh, there's a real good uh, documentary. I wish I could think of the name of it. It's on Amazon Prime. Yeah. About the bourbon industry and and uh, the beams actually are ones that kind of spearheaded reinventing bourbon. You know they always made it, but it was always considered you know that's what the guy had in the brown paper bag drinking and going down the street. So they kind of reinvented bourbon and it's you know in the 80s and then it's taken off from there big time. In the 2000s, it obviously really took off. Well, and now the opportunity to actually learn how it's made. I mean, that's right. That's a great thing. And that was part of it. They right. opened yeah. all that up, yeah. you know, created the bourbon trail. Uh, it's pretty cool stuff. Put it, yeah, they just put a fantastic marketing effort towards it. Exactly. So. exactly. And now you've got all these little micro distilleries and, and stuff. And the, the blending, you know, these companies that are blending uh, the bourbons. Right. Uh, as well so the documentary i was talking about is called neat the story of bourbon so if you get a chance uh take a look at it maybe on netflix i know it was on amazon maybe on hulu yeah it's on hulu amazon a bunch of other ones yeah so so it is an awesome and it's based that the basis of the story is guys got this little speakeasy in his house and that's they kind of go from there and then start talking the entire history of bourbon which is pretty cool 
So do you think uh, I'm thinking we need to get <coughs> Terry boss. up here to talk? We need to get the boss. You think we can do that? We're going to take a short break. I think you can. I think we can. <laughs> She's had a couple shots gotta, in her. We're going to take a short break. Away from, peel her away from table 12. So I'm Alan Stanger with Dwayne Bischoff, Jeff Montag, Ruben Hunt, and our special guest, Mike Gardner. And we'll be right back. You know, it's about time to restock the rusted nail speakeasy with some fine liquors. There's only one place we go for that. When we're in Brookville, we shop at Tebby's. Liquor store, downtown Brookville, Indiana, on Main Street. They have a selection of beer, wine, liquors, vodkas, your seltzers, whatever you want right here in Brookville, Indiana. Give them a shout. Stop in and say hi. Now, if you're out towards Batesville, Indiana, check out Batesville Liquor Co. They've got a huge selection. They're in what used to be a grocery store. Now it's filled with alcohol. They've got selections of bourbons, selections of wines, vodkas, whiskeys, you name it, they've got it. Located in Batesville, Indiana. So whether you're in Batesville or Brookville, we got two spots for you to hit. Check them out. Tebby Liquors in Brookville and the Batesville Liquor Company out in Batesville, Indiana. Tell them the Cross the Line 1524 crew sent you. All right, we're back here with Cross the Line 1524. I'm Alan Stanger with... Dwayne Bischoff. Jeff Montag. Ruben Hunt. And we got a new special guest. Terry Gardner. All right, so we've got the real brains behind the, the operation. Right. We got the boss. We got the, <laughs> we got boss, the boss here now. So how was it growing up in a house that owned a liquor store? Well, a liquor store to us wasn't liquor and beer. It was loading coolers, <laughs> carrying beer into the basement, washing the windows. And if you remember, they had the windows and they had all the decanters yes. in yeah. them. Right. So, so, well, washing windows without hitting those yeah. were, was a challenge. And in the summer, it was about 130 degrees in those windows. So that's kind of more what, what it was for us <laughs> growing up. Um, so it wasn't around sitting at a table in the back drinking and no, having fun? No. Well, and, and then, of course, you know, back then, you didn't have all the varieties. Right. You know, so like in my refrigerator at home, it was all the orphans. The dented cans of this, right. the mixed up, you know, six packs. You know, they didn't have the craft beers. They didn't have 5,000 flavors of vodka. So... Um, you know, it just wasn't quite the discussion and experience of things. So, you know, I'm sorry it wasn't that exciting. <laughs> yeah. Back then, you only had a couple beers, you know. Stroh's. Hootapole. Hootapole. Weedemann. Yeah, I mean, the most exciting thing is, hey, we're going to get some Coors Light in <laughs> oh, Colorado. Wow. <laughs> you know, because back then, they, right. they didn't, right, you know, right. and so getting that in was kind of a big it's deal. It's like getting a bottle of Pappies, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So now, Terry, when I was when I was y- y- way younger, Tebby's didn't own the liquor store in Brookville. So when did when did they get in? Um, they sometime. Let's see. I should have thought this through. I think that um, it was mid seventies. Mid seventies. That sounds about right. Yeah. 
Yeah, so I want to say I was probably like in junior high. Was it yeah. hurdles? Yeah, before? That, that just you know, dated yeah. me. Yes, yeah, and that's right. hurdles. It was hurdles before it was that. Hurdles, right? Correct. That's we're, what I thought. We're, 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 we're all the same it. age here. So yeah, we're yeah. all good. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, it's all good. It's I was thinking out there. It used to be hurdles before it was tennis, right? right? Okay. It was. Yes. We all speak from experience here, not age. It's not age. It's experience, <laughs> and that's what matters, right? So, Which so, equals age. Yeah, you're young. You're younger than Mike. That's the main thing. Every day. There you go. <laughs> That's yes, never going to change. Nope. Right. And so, so yeah, so Mike and I graduated together. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, so I, t- I know how old he is. So what year did you graduate? 84. Oh, hey. hey, 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 all right. Yeah. So, yeah. It's a good year around so here. That's right. It's the best year. That's right. Except you went to Brookville. I went the right yeah, place. Wrong, she was on the right side, wrong of, the side of the line. It's all good. She graduated right. Margie, didn't she? Yeah, March Yeah. So, you left the area for a while. Well, Mike was working in Ohio, right? And so, when we got married, we decided I was going to join him. That made it easier. We spent most of our dating years apart. We dated for nine years before we got married, and so I finally decided. I guess I got to move next to him. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, I did so, and. Um, but we always kind of wanted to move back. Um, you know, he's an only, was an only child, so his parents were older. They're now gone. But we kind of knew we wanted to come back if we could. And it was a little more. It was a little harder trying to meet people because he worked third shifts for a number of years, and that was back before cell phones and everything else. So right. like, I never know when I came home from work. Had he slept today? Is he going to sleep tonight? You know, before he goes in, you know, and he right. was working sometimes six or seven days also. So it was just harder to get to know people. Right. And um, so we did move back, and I helped Brad at the accounting office part time because when we moved back, we had our first son, Alex, already. And then I think I heard him kind of mention that when mom and dad wanted to retire, they said, Do you want the store? Or do you want to buy it? I'm like, I guess. <laughs> so did, you, did here we go. Did you think about that before at all? You know, you're you're that young. You're really not right. thinking that far ahead. And getting back to Brookville, and like I said, I already had Alex, so he was kind of my focus. Right. At that point, and I was helping at the office because you know I I do have my accounting degree, but um, yes, it kind of made sense. Well. You know Good why? Deal. Why not? But then you know I didn't anticipate having Batesville and everything else. Yes, yeah, so you the family business. My parents owned the greenhouse in St. Leon, and I was two days away from owning a greenhouse in Brookville because I got out of mechanic school, couldn't find jobs, was applications everywhere. You know, nothing was coming around, and my dad looked at a greenhouse down here to buy, and my plan was I was going to run this one in the summer, and you know he run that one. That week, I got called for an interview, and he's like, well, go see what happens. So I went, and he had talked to him already. So the deal was done, just waiting on me, and I came home. The next day, I got the job, and you know, 35 years later, here I am. Career so. change. Yeah, well, I mean, it was where I it's wanted where you to be. Wanted to be. Yeah, it was where yeah. I wanted to go. But right. you know, at the time, it was just like, I need something to you know, sure. earn an income. So I just kind of, I didn't follow the path, but, you know. Sometimes the path's not straight. That's right. So I wanted to ask you, and, and I and I we said earlier when we were talking to your husband that you, you did an incredible job with the Batesville store. 
thank you. Uh, I, I, do do you have a plan to like to expand the Brookville store like sort of like you did, or is the market here for you? Well, there's a big location to, to, available. <laughs> yes. But well, that that's part of the problem. There, there, right. there really aren't a whole lot of locations that would be big enough that don't have some kind of um, right. handicap to it. You know, I can't be next to you know so many feet within a church or right. a school. Um, parking, parking is yes. a big issue. Um, we, we've checked into a couple buildings without naming them but they needed so much work that they would have had to pay me to take it right um but then the other challenge in brookville is getting help yes i I think it's going to be every place um but but it's been that way in brookville for over a decade um you know i have my own theories i guess i really don't want to discuss it because i could be all wet on what they are but there's just not a whole lot of people that are looking for a second job to, you know, earn some extra money. A supplement income. With, you know, um, you know, I guess I can say enough like Owens Corning, you know, they have the swing shifts, the changing from 8 to 10 to 12 hours, so many weeks, days, nights, so many days on, so many days off, that it's, you know, it's, it's a chess match trying to figure out their schedule and when they could work. Right. Um, the rest, I think the school corporation is probably the next biggest employer, I'm guessing. I, right now, Franklin County School Corporation is the largest employer in Franklin okay. County. Okay, so, okay. And if, you want, if you're in the school corporation and you want an extra job, it's much e- easier mm-hmm. to sponsor a club, be a coach, take ticket, gate sales. Right, and you're already there and... Well, and you can go to the AD on Wednesday and say, "Hey, you know, I'm going out. I'm going out Friday night. I'm not going to be at the football game. Can you, right. you know, get a sub?" Right. Where, you know, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll work with you a couple of times, but I can't have that happen all the time. Right. And then you've got people that are driving back and forth from Cincinnati. Where, you know, we're a bedroom community right. in that regard, and so they don't have time to fit in a second job. Right. So that's been my struggle, and so. I've always wanted before we even did Batesville. Yeah, I would have loved to have had a bigger store. Right. You know, kind of build it. They will come. You know, we're very seasonal tourism in Brookville, but still, I thought that we could do something kind of like I did in Batesville. Maybe not to the same degree because theirs right. is kind of a constant um, patronage. But uh, the reality is, would I be able to staff it? Right. And as much as I've tried to clone myself, I can't. <laughs> right, right. So, and um, I, I understand your staffing issues. I deal with it day, day in, day out. Oh, I'm sure. Oh, yes. Every, everybody does right yes. now. Yeah. So. Right. yeah. <laughs> so as much as I would like to, there's just been several roadblocks. Okay. And, well, I'll never say never. Right. Um, because the Batesville became from a not even in my wildest dreams idea to signing on the dotted line in six weeks. So, and sometimes yeah, bigger we, isn't better either. So, right. no, you know, it's you know different challenges. Because right. if I if I remember the Batesville store, the original Batesville store was probably smaller than the Brookville store. Wasn't it? Yes, it's, it's, I think so. Yeah, yeah. I, I uh, like you said though that the industry has changed greatly on the, the, the selection that's available. Like you said back when you your parents owned it, it was you, you really you probably had five six whiskeys and about that many beers and you filled a small hole with it and that would satisfy a a neighborhood but now 
you know, just this room, the different flavors that are chosen between the four of us. Yeah. You know, right. half fills the liquor stores. So. Well, I bet there's 20 different flavors on our bar. Yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, who would have thought of that, you know, 20 right. years ago? Right. So. I mean, it's a challenge because I try to fit in, even in Brookville, as much as I can. Um, you know, unfortunately, we alternate a lot of things, you know, in the same family. I call it kind of like, um, you know, remember if you had a brother, you had to share a room. So right. they, have to, they have to share a row. Um, right. Right. The same way with some of the beers, you know, trying to get it. Like, for example, my Quaffon, the six-foot blonde and the strawberry blonde. Okay, they're, they're alternated because otherwise I cannot get in what everybody wants. Right. You know, and when you go back to that, the touch on the nostalgia walking into the liquor store in Tabby's in Brookville, too. You walk in, it still has a smell, a look. A I'm nose out. blind to that. I don't know what it right, smells like. Right, you are. But, but, but honestly, when you walk in, you're like, you know, you know you're in What's old a home school. You're a hometown place, right? Yeah. And it has a lot of. I'm sure the wood under those, yeah, right? has soaked up quite a it bit does. of yeah. ambiance. <laughs> right. Well, the, story, well, yeah. the right. stories the wood could tell, you yeah. know. Yeah. Well, it's just, it's nostalgia, right? It's like, remember when you was a kid, you go into a candy store and look at the candy case, right? It's like now walking, I was in the in Brookville store a couple weeks ago, and I'm like, you know, there's something I really love about this store. Thank and, you. And, and there is, there is that part, but there's also the part where I see the flip side, where I see, wow, I get to be able to shop more and have myself more options of what I see over in your Batesville store. And I and I and I walked there going, man, I wish really wish they could put this, something like this in Brookville because I think it would be it would be great for Brookville. But it also takes away that nostalgia part of going into an old school store. So Right. You know, and with Brookville being on the hill, you know, there's not a whole lot of options right. really yeah. going off of Main Street. And I'd kinda hate to leave Main Street because of right. the history. Um, it's a love-hate with the windows. Um, I'll be glad someday when I don't have to decorate them every season. Um, be totally honest, many days as I get there that day, and it's like, okay, what are we going to do this year? And I just start <laughs> going through and finding some old displays I have, thinking what I have in Batesville, and I start putting it together. But it's it's a love-hate. Well, I can tell you, I was, you have a young man that works for you at Brookville, and I talked to him a couple of times. I, I don't know how he performs, but I, he's always very cordial. Yeah. Well, we, we try to install job, in them that, that that's what we're wanting. Yeah. That, you know, we aren't a big chain. Very, we are a small hey, town. And he's always very offering for help. What can I help you with? They can do with He's very nice. And I think he, well, I what I, my experiences from him, and I watch that stuff now, and and he, he, I think he does a good job for what I see. I'll make sure he listens to the podcast. Yeah, yeah, please do. No, what really he really handed him his card and said, "Would you like to work for me?" <laughs> no, I would not do that to you. No poaching. <laughs> yeah, I would not do that to you. But you know, you start looking at this stuff. He, he yes, he does a good job, and uh, and I Bryce works quite a bit for you. I'm not really sure what. But, uh, uh, yeah, he, he works and he, and he loves. He's a night owl. He loves evening. So yeah, yeah. Right. yay! Right. <laughs> so two thumbs up. Terry, you mentioned you mentioned the windows in that store, and really, I think when you think about liquor stores, it's really and it has, has historically, like you said, always had that that big wide open front. Historically, yes. liquor stores were those little hole in the walls, like the one in Batesville. Right. I yeah. mean, right. it was right. it was a brick wall and a door. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's still a lot of the well, a lot I of get, liquor stores are like that. But now with kind of with the 
the new marketing. The, the new marketing and say like the Bates, you get stores like the Batesville store now. That's it's just those little hole in the wall ones are kind of going away because they're getting eaten up by the bigger ones and the just more inviting, I guess. And that, and the Brookville stores always kind of had that. Yeah. Well, um, I do get customers that come in. Um, I don't know if they're tourists or salespeople traveling through. I get a lot of they walk in. Oh, this is nice. And I'm like, well, thank you. Where do you normally shop? Right, right. So, um, but so yeah, and and maybe some people are wary of coming because they're used to the old. Yes. Um, idea, and so they feel more comfortable. They think maybe going to a chain or something yes. that they're familiar yes. with. I don't know. Well, I wonder if part of the reason the old liquor stores were the dark one door was alcohol was, it was more, frowned upon. Well, yeah, alcohol yeah, right, was more yeah. taboo. Right and now, it's become right. socially acceptable. And yes. and well, just the, like I said, the marketing right. of it, it's it's everywhere. <laughs> so it, more yeah, people I, accept it and don't look down on it like it was so i think that's you were probably the, you were the oddity in the day but you're the norm today you know so you being in town in brookville going you know somebody's gonna watch me across the main street to get some alcohol right <laughs> yeah. i uh, do and it's generally an older patron will make comments like Oh, I hope no one sees me. Walking. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, it's okay. You're old enough. The world's good. Well, you know, and, and it, we're in a society now where when a person walks into a store, they're they want to be also taught or uh, advised on what to get, right? So when you walk into, I, I found this because I was at Bates when I just happened to talk to you and Jennifer Wasner, and I was thinking there was a couple people who were like, hey, have you tried this? Have you looked at this? Okay. You have to do that now. Otherwise, people will not step outside their boundaries when it comes to liquor. Well, it can be very overwhelming. It can be. It can. But we people in the liquor market or buying have a tendency to stick with what they like. And unless they have someone to say, hey, try this, or this is something new, or something that I find is really good, they don't have anybody to reference that to. And that hurts for marketing. So, And some of the things are not inexpensive. Right. So that makes it a little harder to say, okay, well, we'll give it a try. Right. So if if we can say, okay, what do you normally drink? And hopefully find others in that similar profile. Right. Right. Then that will hopefully, you know, go, go a little ways in helping them make yes. a decision. Yes. Well, and you guys have tasting sometimes too. So those are... That's some of that. Well, in, in Batesville, because we have the... the um, clientele the market to draw from and we have the area back there we have a special i don't know if you you've seen that back there but our tasting bar um we generally try to have at least three a month that was pre-covid now we're trying to make up for time a little bit and so (laughs) we've um there's been some weeks we've had two um and we try to change it up wine bourbons um beer a lot of beers are even more impromptu. And we might not have a whole selection of them, but they'll bring a couple flavors and just impromptu set up a table and do it. So it is a good way to, to try that. Well, yeah, because, again, there's so many choices. And so when 
you go into a store like that and you're overwhelmed, you, you know, you're going to fall back. Otherwise, you're going to fall back right. on what you know. Right. Especially right. if you're looking at higher end, a higher end bottle. Right. And um, I think right. that's key because you don't want to, whether it's beer, you don't want to come home with a whole case of something you end up not liking if you don't have a chance to taste it ahead of time. And the same way with liquors. Ruben proved that here once. Yeah. He brought a bottle of <laughs> kerosene. Crap. And, and paint stripper. Well, yeah, paint, paint stripper. stripper. Yeah. It was so, terrible. So, but anyway, but but point being with with so many choices of all, whether it's wine or it's beer or it's liquor, um, those tastings I think become kind of key to people being able to try something different without right. stepping out half and half and half and invest as much in something they right. not like. Right. And, and we also get some people who think that they don't like bourbon or they don't drink wine. I'm like, you're never going to know if you don't try. And we always have a bucket there. You know, you don't like it. Just, you know, move on. But, you know, it wasn't like I was born into drinking bourbon. Right. Well, me either. You know, you know it was it was definitely an acquired Yep. Oh, it is. Yep. Definitely it is. And, uh, so, so, what is your favorite spirit? Is it bourbon or, or, or wine or vodka? Um, I, I like it all. Yeah, except you were you were fine with all of us. <laughs> trust me. Yeah. Except, um, I'm not a beer drinker. Um, I haven't been able to go back to beer since many, 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 many moons ago and too many bad experiences, Uh, sad to say, but, um, and I still can't go back to it. Um, Wine, I have transitioned from drinking, you know, Grandpa's sweet wines uh, to liking the dryers. I'm still kind of getting the tannin palette that, you know, I've got to ease still into some of those. I do like bourbon, but I don't drink it like he does. So, <laughs> you know, I basically sip his. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's He's a good thing this isn't a video podcast. His, well, I think his, <laughs> his facial expression was like, who, me? You know, there is a lot of natural progression. I think, you know, wine is an interesting thing because I think most people that start drinking wine, they start with sweeter wines. And yes. then the more they yep. drink wine, they move right on up. To no, not all of them. The drier right. wine. Not all of them. <laughs> not my wife. Not no, your wife. Never going to happen. <laughs> yeah, she's just got a sweet tooth. <laughs> oh, it's, well, that's what she's got me. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. Well, we Mary all, we all grew up drinking homemade wine, which normally right. was, right. was right. normally very yeah. sweet. Right. That's then, like grape juice. You know, <laughs> then there was stuff like Boone's Farm and Mad yeah. Dog 2020 out there. <laughs> very sweet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh. Which still sells I know. well. Yeah, very yeah. well. Right? Mm-hmm. And it's funny, you, know, you mentioned that. We're, we're 35 years later, and she says, and it still sells very well, right? <laughs> it's all in the market. We were sneaking into well, King Queen. It's, it. <laughs> it's, still, it's still cheap for those that need cheap. That's right. right. That's right. right. So, so do you know what MD stands for? Mogan David. Yeah. Good deal. We we may have talked about that once before. Yeah, that's that's not we called it, but that's what <laughs> Mad Dog. And that's who makes it. It's Mogan <laughs> David. Mogan David. <laughs> so you know what's funny is here. Terry didn't want to get up here and talk, but She's um, done a good job. She's a I haven't shut up. <laughs> you're, you're a natural on the podcast. You've done a good job. Good. So we're we're about an hour here. So. It's about a good podcast length. Plus, my glass is almost Again? Empty. It is. And Terry doesn't even have one. 
What? He came up here with no glass? What the hell? Yeah. Here, Terry, you need to try this rum. You need to try this rum right here. That's a rum? That's yeah. a rum. That's a rum. It's got some sweetness to it. Yeah. So that's... It's a... Uh, it's a little high proof. What's the proof on it? 90. 90. 90. Yeah, a little higher. Now, I've always claimed it's higher than that because it affects me higher than that. <laughs> but... A couple of drinks of that, and he's walking around barefoot in creeks. <laughs> no, that's that. That's well, then don't give him tequila, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, so that I was telling Mike that is made by Wilderness Trail, which I know you guys carry their bourbon in at least your Batesville store sometimes, at least. Okay. And that is their harvest rum. Okay. And that is made from Kentucky sorghum, and it's aged in a bourbon barrel. And you'll sell a couple bottles at least if it's in St. Leon. So. Yeah. I will, I will I will. let Brad and, and Heidi know. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Okay. So, goodness, so I, we've had a great time. So, you know, this entire half, we haven't even named the liquor store. So it's Tebby, Lick, Tebby Liquors in Brookville and the Batesville, Batesville Lick, Liquor, Co. liquor Co. So mm-hmm. if you get a chance, check them both out. Yep. Uh, excellent choices. Thank uh, you. Mary and I frequent the one here in town. I know you, Ruben hits the one out in Batesville. Yep. Now I then. think he's equal opportunity yeah. to him, too. Yeah. <laughs> I try to, yeah. yeah. Thank well, you. I, keep, I keep her brother happy. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah. Right. Same. And, and that's a challenge, so thank you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. So for Cross the Line 1524, I'm Alan Stanger with... Dwayne Bischoff. Jeff Montag. Ruben Hunts. And our special guest... Terry Gardner. And we'll see you next time. Oh, as always, thank you for listening to Cross the Line 1524. Uh, we had a great episode there with uh, the gardeners who own Tebby Liquors here in Brookville, Indiana, and Batesville Liquor Co. out in Batesville, Indiana. Uh, you heard a commercial halfway through our podcast. If you get a chance, check them out. We've got some great stuff going on there. As always, if you like our shows, please leave us a positive comment or a five-star rating on whatever app that you're using. Just help spread the word a little bit more. If you've got some topics you'd like us to do or would like to be on the show, you can drop us a line at podcast at crossthelinefifteentwenty-four.com or go to our webpage at www.crossthelinefifteentwenty-four.com and leave a message there. So for Dwayne Bischoff, Jeff Montag, Ruben Hunt, I'm Alan Stanger, and you've been listening to Cross the Line 1524. Out the door.